All right. Uh, hey, good evening out there to everybody out there uh, in YouTube land or out there on shortwave. Hey, if you're listening out there on International Shortwave Radio Station WBCQ on 7490, you're watching Amateur Radio Roundtable. This is a show about ham radio, about shortwave listening, electronics, and uh, we are so glad you're with us tonight. We would like you, well, let's see, you're, you're listening on the radio, so you're probably not watching the show. Now, for all you guys watching the show tonight, uh, I would like for you to hit that subscribe button, if you will. I'm going to help you out here a little bit. That subscribe button ought to be right down there somewhere. If you'll just kind of hit that, that'll really help us out a whole lot. Uh, join our Facebook group. Uh, it's grown a lot. It's grown a lot the last uh, this past week. We've got about 14,000 members now in our Facebook group. We picked up about 1,000 members, I guess, this week. So, uh, And it's because of all the controversy and all the... Uh, uh, balloon uh, shoot downs and all those kind of things. So, uh, any, anyway, join us. Uh, join our Facebook group. It's just called W5KUB. W5KUB. We'd love to have you uh, uh, join us in that group. Now, back to if you're on shortwave. If you're on shortwave, you're actually listening to the show Thursday afternoon between 5 and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. This show is actually live. It's a video show, and it's live on Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, on W5KUB, W5KUB.com. And uh, if you'd like to join us on our video show, uh, we have a chat room where you can talk with us or other people around the world. We'd love to have you on Tuesday night. Send us an email. Let us know where in the world you are. Send us an email to tom at W5KUB.com. Tom at W5KUB.com. So, uh, hey, tonight we've got a lot of things going on. we kind of got an unusual first segment here. we got some people in here from, uh, it's called All Things Unexplained. And we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. You might can try to figure out what that means. I think it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting uh, segment there. So we got that. I'm going to show you the retro VFO I built and uh, let's see what else. Um, I'm going to show you that. We're going to talk. We're going to spend a lot of time on uh, later uh, half of the show on uh, the balloon shoot downs and Pico balloons. There's a lot going on now. You know, the, the military got trigger happy, and now Congress is trying to pass laws that they don't need to pass because it's already in the FAA regulations, which we follow. We'll talk about that later. Uh, so, uh, hey, just to give you a quick idea of what's going on here with, with the shoot-down and, and everything, somehow my name came up in an article in Aviation Week magazine, and uh, I started getting calls. I tried to stay out of this for about a week to 10 days, and I uh, didn't talk to anybody, and then I just got uh, just swamped. Uh, you know, I had... Uh, uh, Aviation Week. This, I'm, I'm, let me see if I can remember some of the people that I interviewed with. Aviation Week, uh, Forbes Magazine, uh, The Guardian, uh, The Daily Mail, uh, Associated Press has run a big story on this, and and uh, we are in just about every newspaper around the world. India, New York Post or Times, I don't know which one. We're, it, it's everywhere. Uh, we we uh, we were contacted by CNN. Uh, my name is plastered on Fox's screen, and uh, it, you know it says Biden says we didn't put ten balloons over over China, and then right under that it says Tom Medlin. 
It says Tom Mellon says they're probably Pico Blues. But anyway, anyway, uh, hey, I was on News Nation TV uh, Friday night, uh, Newsmax. The BBC contacted me. Uh, we had a big interview on the uh, British Broadcasting Company uh, Sunday morning. Uh, man, in a lot of different podcasts. So that's kind of taken all my time the last few days. In fact, it was so bad. Uh, so many people were starting to call. Kathy had to do an Excel spreadsheet, and we were trying to lay out time slots uh, because everything was starting to, to overlap here. So anyway, hey, Glenn, let's go around a let's go around the horn here a second. Let's see. Oh, we got uh, we got Alan to join us. So, uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn, come in here a minute and tell us, Glenn, what you've been up to, man. Oh, I've been uh, working on that review for QST on the Dr. Duino Inventor Board. Uh, just about got that finished up before I start on the next book, which is going to be Arduino for Ham Radio. Uh, this one's going to be published by Elector over in Europe. And I'm going to come up with some new projects for them. So we're just about fixing to start building some really new and crazy things. So are you going to are you going to write this in Flemish or French or maybe? Actually, they're a German and Netherlands based company. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to have to start writing in Dutch. Yeah. Dutch or Flemish, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, fortunately, they're in English. So I stand a chance at, at you know. Well, I, I, I hate to read it if you've tried, if you publish it in that <laughs> if language. If I tried any I, other language, yeah. 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 I hate to. But, uh, yeah, we're getting started on that. Um, let's see. Uh, what else? Still recovering from Orlando. I mean, that was just so much fun. Yeah. Um, you know, next up for me, I think it's going to be the Memphis Free Fest, and then we got to get ready for Dayton in May. Yeah, well... You're going to represent me up in Dayton after 40 years of no, no, going. No, 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 yeah. no. After this week, you didn't even put your call sign on these balloons, and you're still getting all of this publicity. Well, My I don't know about that. Balloon, I don't know. I get I don't, no publicity, I, and you want me to be I didn't ask app? for it. I didn't ask this for it. It work. But look, hey, I've been here 40 years. I guess I'm getting burnt out. I'm not going to Dayton this year, Dayton, yeah. Ohio, Hamfest. The, probably the, one of the world's largest ham fest. I've always it enjoyed is, it, but, but yeah. I got really tired of going. Last year was just kind of disappointing for me, and uh, I just, man, it's a long drive, 500 miles up there. It's expensive. Yeah. You know. Well, I flew last year. Yeah. I'm still debating which way I'm going to do it this year because um, by all accounts, uh, I will officially be retired by Dayton time. Well, that's great. Now you'll have time to write on your books, and then exactly. you're going to have to retire from I that. Have, yeah. I made the decision today to just do it. I'm done. That's good. Good. So. You'll, uh, you'll love retirement. All right. Hey, yeah. let's move over to uh, – we got Alan in here tonight. I don't know what his time schedule, time frame is, but, hey, welcome, Alan. Let's see. Oh, who we got? We got Bill coming in. Let me, let me add Bill to our, uh, to our show here. And, uh, oh, a wrong button, wrong button. Man, you would think I uh, hadn't done this in a while. I've been doing it every week for nine years. Okay, uh, I just approved Bill. Bill will be joining us. Uh, hey, hey, Alan, man, how you doing, man? Are you busy? Are you traveling a lot? Uh, we're glad you're with us tonight. Hey. Good. Good to see everybody. Good to be here. Yeah, busy, yeah, that's an understatement. So, uh Work has definitely been picking up and uh, been out on the road quite a bit, but actually I have local trips in New Jersey tomorrow and uh, tomorrow and Thursday. So uh, not not out on the road, uh, out gallivanting around. So uh, you know, 
gonna come and join you tonight. We're good. But, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, but but been keeping busy. Uh, been doing some uh, more parks on the air activities on the weekends. So uh, been having fun with that. And uh, but otherwise, uh, same old, same old. All right, well, we're glad to have you tonight. Have you have you heard any of the uh, balloon stuff going around? Uh, yeah, well, week? yeah, I was spending so much time in the car traveling. I got you know listened to a mix of music and news. So yeah, just uh, yeah. heard all the craziness, and then uh, you know I, I ran across you a couple of places. <laughs> oh, did you? A couple of places. I know they've been uh, calling on you as a yeah. as an expert witness, so to speak. Yeah, I yeah, hey, I. So far, I'm not at Gitmo, so you know I'm I'm okay. I'm okay, <laughs> okay. right now, man. Yeah. And then you're, you haven't changed. But, but I tell you what, if they send me to Gitmo, I've got this video with with my friend astronaut Doug Wheelock launching a Pico balloon. So he's going to go with me, and he's pretty high up in NASA right now. So yeah, the operative word regarding Gitmo is you're not there yet. Not there yet. All right. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Very good. Um. So, uh, let's see, Bill Brown. Hey, Bill, uh, how's your internet tonight? Are you are you on, Bill? Where'd Bill go? Yeah, hi, hi. Uh, Where'd he go? It's been there an exciting go. week, that's for sure. So uh, we've been uh, uh, fielding off reporters and uh, different stories, and uh, just got a uh, an inquiry from Scientific Americans. So that ought to be in this. Well, that's uh, that's great. Uh, guys, I want to tell you a quick story here real quick about Bill. He, he he had a friend text him the other day and said that the secretary, that Bill's that Bill's uh, email, and here's why I don't put my email on my tracker when we launch it. The, the, they said that Bill's address was on the tracker they found, which I knew they didn't find a tracker. And they said the secretary of defense is wanting to talk to Bill. And I think it, it was getting a little nervous there for a minute. And he and yeah, built, they, uh, they knew what to say exactly you know, to prank me, and they did a good job. <laughs> well, I knew. Uh, who who's the secretary? Is that Austin? Who's no? That's uh secretary of defense. That's the well. That's the other guy. You hit one of these people balloons with a four hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar sidewinder missile. There's going to be nothing left to find. It's going to be vaporized into tiny little bits. <laughs> well. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I don't know what all that is. What is all that stuff happening here? I don't know what that is. I don't know. They were updated. They're to hacking me. in. Is that what? Update. <laughs> I don't know what that is. So, uh, uh, yeah, the tiny bits. Well, when that when that four hundred thousand dollar missile goes off, this is what it's going to explode right here. That's what it's going to tear it tear it all to pieces right there. Okay. All right. Well, hey, glad to have you, Bill. Uh, we're going to get into a good discussion tonight. There's a lot to talk about. I know. Uh, I know Congress is trying to pass the law now and make us put two thousand dollar transponders on every balloon. Our balloons won't even lift that. Uh, and I found, and, a, uh, I found yeah. a little uh, micro ADSB uh, transponder that uh, only weighs twenty grams, but that's as much, if not more, than most of our Pico balloon payloads. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, then you've got to add batteries or a huge solar array because they operate for 12 to 28 volts and have a high current drain. Then you got to put an antenna on it. So well, you would, you, you would think, and I, I, I guess we're getting into too much discussion at this point. We're not really ready to do it yet. Okay. But I, I just got to say this. 
Congress is going to try to pass a law they know nothing about. And there's already a law that covers this, and it's done by the FAA, who probably has done all the testing and thrown these little things in the engines and stuff, and they say, we're okay, but Congress uh, thinks they know better. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right, hey, hey, stand by, Bill. And uh, I want to I bring in our next, uh, our next guest here. In fact, let's just bring them straight into the show, and we're going to start talking about this. Uh, I have on here with me Tim and CJ from All Things Unexplained. Now, that's a little uh, that's a little different than our show normally is, but because of the balloons, a lot of people don't know what's going on. So we're going to try to explain it. And uh, they've invited me on their podcast tomorrow night, so we're... Uh, we're uh, having him on here tonight, so uh, you guys can become aware of their podcast. They've got a very popular podcast. You can be aware of their podcast, and you can join us tomorrow night on their podcast. I think we'll be live, streaming live on Facebook uh, live there. So let's just bring them right in here and get some introductions. Uh, I, I just barely met them uh, in the last hours. Um, so... Uh, you know, I'm gonna start with Tim, I guess. Tim, come on in here, Tim, and talk to us, man. Hello, how you doing? All right, Tom. Well, thanks for having us. And I have to admit, and, and I'm Tim Mounts from the All Things Unexplained podcast. Thanks so much, Tom, and the rest of you for having my co-host CJ Derringer and and I on with us with you. And you know what? I, I happen to bring something of my along just for this. All right. I, I happen to have my own ham radio and. Still now, trying to, to now you're interested. You're interested in getting your license, right? You, I think you've got some study yes. material, and you've got a radio already. Yes, I All feel right. like I'm halfway there. Good. You're probably more than halfway there. That's great, man. And I have to admit, I'm one of the guilty parties that spent a good bit of time trying to figure out how to track Tom Medlin down. And I have to tell everybody, he's kind of a legendary enigmatic figure in the ufo circles right now and oh, really sure enough everybody's out there looking for him much i mean he's kind of like the uh dr heinick of modern times now and i was so honored that he would take my call this week i, I tracked him down he was nice enough to give me his cell phone number i gave him a call and from my neck of the woods too near near memphis i grew up in north mississippi with our other co-host, Smitty, who, who couldn't be here tonight. But on All Things Unexplained, we talk about everything from Bigfoot to UFOs to hauntings to astrophysics. And we were on this Chinese balloon story from the beginning. I mean, the second anything started happening with the Chinese spy balloon, we were on it. And then, holy moly, we had... A flurry of activity, to say the least, over Super Bowl weekend. It never let up. For the first time in U.S. history, we're shooting things down over U.S. airspace, over Canadian airspace. We're shooting UFOs down. These headlines haven't been seen since 1947, Roswell, New Mexico, when a newspaper ran a story that we have shot down a flying saucer. And guess what? In 1947... The next day, retracted by the military because guess what? They said it was a balloon in 1947. And here we are again. History has a way of repeating itself, right? 
2023, we admit we're shooting down UFOs, and they're saying it's balloons again. So we are honored to have Tom on with us tomorrow night on our Facebook. You can find that at All Things Unexplained Podcast on Facebook. And then that po- the audio version will go out on all podcast platforms on Friday night, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you can listen to your podcast. We can't wait to talk to Tom and learn more about ham and balloons and, and the hobby itself and to also learn some technical specifications of these balloons because that's one thing the mainstream media does is they, they grab on one of these stories, and they're on it for five minutes, and they just kind of kick the top layer of dirt, right? They don't give you any of the details that will, that you'd need to know to determine if this is even valid or not. Is it even possible that the military shot down and confused a balloon from the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade or a UFO? Is that even possible? Well... But we're hoping Tom can give us some insight into that tomorrow night. We can't wait. And then our listeners will have a lot of questions for Tom as well. And, I, and he said he's going to be gracious enough to take those. Well, let me do this. I'm, I'm bringing your website up. I guess this is one of your websites right here. Can you see that? Uh, all things unexplained right there. So uh, just, hey, guys, check it out. And uh, uh, I think you might uh, you might enjoy it there. Uh Hey, let me just say one thing about this. You know, uh, I'm not an expert, but I, I here's here's my prediction. This shoot down, I think it was 98% uh, Pico balloon and maybe two percent alien. Two percent right. alien, yeah, yeah. Well, they're just confusing the ant bodies for aliens right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hey, let's yeah. bring CJ. Uh, uh, yeah, let's yeah. bring CJ in here a minute. CJ, right. how you doing? Where, where are you, CJ? Where are you? So, so I'm CJ Derringer. I'm in, I'm in North Carolina. Tim and I both live in North Carolina, and uh, we met, gosh, ten years ago now, maybe playing volleyball. And I grew up in Southern California. I had not ever thought about things like UFOs or Bigfoot. Certainly not ham radio until I met Tim. And uh, as you can see, he has a passion for all things unexplained. And he brought me onto the podcast thinking that I would be, be the naysayer. But the more I've learned about everything, the more I'm just a huge believer and now total conspiracy theorist about all yeah. things. And goodness, to hear all of the different organizations that reached out to you this week to have you on their show. I'm so honored to be here on yours. I feel like I have lots I could learn from all of you. So thank you for, for having us. And we look forward to having you on our show tomorrow night. Well, we are, we are so glad to have you. Hey, uh, our numbers are starting to build up out there in, in our viewers. So um, probably there's a number of people who haven't seen this. Seen this. I'm going to run a little 10-second uh, video here for everybody that missed it. This is what we're talking about tonight, guys. Now, you guys on Zoom, you're not going to hear any audio, I don't think. But uh Everybody else hears the audio. It's got some great audio in the background. Here we go.
All right, I get it off. Man, I can't find the right button to suppress tonight. Anyway, hey, I, I, I wanted everybody to see that. You know, I, hey, that was not a U.S. airplane. Somebody told me that wasn't a U.S. airplane, but guys, I want to no, tell you something. Not. I want to tell you something. The this balloon travels around the world, and uh, I, it hadn't been reported too much, but ro the Romanian Air Force did launch. We have a friend that's flying. The Romanian Air Force did launch yesterday or the day before to try to find his balloon, but when he got up there, they couldn't find it, so it didn't get it didn't get shot down. I'm not sure if that was NATO or just uh, I think it was Romania Air Force, maybe I don't know. Wow. Okay. So, well, there's probably a lot of things in ham radio unexplained. We just need to get you guys up to speed on things like propagation and and sunspots and all this stuff, you know? I mean, that might make a good show for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's all unexplained to me. I really know nothing about ham radio. So, <laughs> Tim would have to be the one to chime in there. But I am open to uh, learning, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how long uh, how long has your show been on now, the uh, uh, All Things Unexplained? So we started during the, you know, the height of the pandemic. We started oh. in July of 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, Tim? And That's I think right. from that day, we put out a podcast episode every Friday night. We haven't missed, we haven't missed a Friday. So I'm certainly proud of us for that. We've come a long way. Oh my goodness. I keep begging Tim to take down some of our earlier episodes that are not I am very proud of those. And he, uh, he refuses So. I, I understand, but yeah, we've certainly yeah. come a long way since our early times, as I'm sure you have as well. Well, we, uh, we, we've been on about nine years now, but we, we really got more active, I think, in the, during the pandemic to launch balloons. That's about all you could do, you know, sneak out, launch a balloon, come home, you know. Oh, man. That uh, sounds like a lot more yeah. uh, entertainment than what I've got going on. I've got three little, little kids, so I'm mostly just full-time mom during the day and then amateur uh, co-host to a podcast at night. Hey, I like those earphones you've got. I, I, yeah, they're, they're my they're, child. They're kind of glowing. They're kind of glowing in the dark, aren't they? <laughs> wow. Mine broke and um, I've yet to replace them. So these are these are my my child's earphones. Oh, and, okay. Um, they're quite fun, actually. They're very bright. And yeah, too. yeah. Well, speaking of bright, I mean, I'm looking at my picture here. I've got red cheeks. I've had some uh, uh, medical stuff going on with my cheeks, and they're getting—they're almost back to normal now. But uh, man, I was thinking tonight they're going to look normal, but in the camera they look terrible. Oh well. I know people are probably wondering about it. They've been—they've been commenting on it about every uh, every week for the last month. But people it is, are commenting it, on your cheeks. I'm, I got what? So people are commenting on Well, yeah, well, hey, it, it's been a lot worse the last three or four shows. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it really, like you know, it was really out there, you know. So, well, so, yeah, yeah, they uh, they were wondering if my wife beat me or what happened. Or it was more like, uh, I, I told them, I gave them the true story that, you know, I visited the Arkansas Nuclear One Power Plant just, you know, a month ago. And I had to had to uh, pee, and I was in this this group, you know, and I told a guy, the leader, I said, hey, man, I got to go. He said, no, I, I'm the only one here. You can't you can't go. I said, man, I got to. So he said, okay, we normally don't do this, but go, go on down there and don't go anywhere else. Well, you know, 
I went somewhere else, and I looked in this, I looked in this room here where they had all this water, and they're lifting these pipes and stuff. And then after that, I got thrown out of the building. So, you know, maybe that's something for an unexplained now, show. You know, now Tom, you're gonna have to be careful visiting these nuclear facilities and other government installations because there are there's a known phenomenon where UFOs have interactions yeah. with nuclear facilities, and if they spot Tom Medlin there now, yeah. that's going to start to raise some eyebrows. Yeah, I was just reading in the chat room, so I was talking about the uh, UFOs and the nuclear sites here. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, hey, it, we'll survive it, you know, we'll survive it. 98% nuclear and 2% alien. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you could pro- probably look 2% <laughs> alien, maybe, you know. Now, that's what we got to find out, guys. we got to find that 2% out here. I think there's a chance they could be there. And, you know, hey, you know, well, hey, I don't know if you guys get anything like this, but I do believe there could be life on another planet. I mean, there are, you know, billions of other planets out there. Mm-hmm. You know, why couldn't there be life on another planet that we just don't know about? We and, get into that a lot, actually, and, and, on and, our show. Yeah, and, 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 you know, just think about this. They may be 5,000 years advanced ahead of us, or they could be 5,000 years behind us. You know, we don't know where they are, and we'll probably we'll never know. Actually, Unless, we do know where most of them are. They're in Memphis. Uh, yeah, well, that's <laughs> that's true. There are a lot in Memphis. Uh, uh, maybe you guys aren't need to interview a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Probably but, some alien kid's science experiment that he got a C on, and it's sitting in a sh- we're sitting on a shelf in his room. Yeah, right. yeah. All right. Well, hey, what else do you guys want to say about your uh, uh, your your podcast? Other than we're going to have a great time tomorrow night, and I'm inviting everybody here to go over to All Things Unexplained tomorrow night and join us. And uh, looking forward to it. And we um, love to take listener questions during our show. So if anybody yeah. has questions for Tom that don't get necessarily answered on this show, bring them to our show tomorrow night, and we'll get everybody involved and see if we can. Get down to some answers with these balloons. So I I understand tomorrow, uh, tonight, you guys actually will be streaming this on Facebook Live, I think. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, what what is your Facebook group called? Is it All Things Unexplained? It's All Things Unexplained Podcast. Okay, okay. On Facebook. So guys, go to, that, go, to that on, uh, go to that on Facebook and join us tomorrow night. And I think it's at eight, 9 o'clock uh, Eastern. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I got to get all my kids to sleep first. <laughs> that's a little late. That's a little late for you guys on the East Coast here. I know Alan up there. He he goes to bed about nine thirty, or after. But he has to take the dog out walking first. So uh, all depends on where I got to go the next morning. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 but we I, can I guess attest so. that it pays off for a paranormal podcast to be on slightly later. Well, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but. Uh, we get a little bit more interesting interaction. You probably get a lot more interesting people late at night. You know, the ones that can't sleep, you know. We're not quite ready to compete with Coast to Coast AM yet. Yeah. But around nine o'clock seems to be uh, our, have you guys had anybody have you guys had anybody on it were actually uh, 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 abducted by aliens? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd love to hear yeah, it. folks on. I'll let CJ go over there. So, <laughs> so I've wanted desperately not to believe this story. I just, I did not grow up believing in aliens or paranormal things. And I just thought, okay, this person that we're having on is going to be a total quack and it's going to, we're going to lose value for our show. I believed every single word that came out of her mouth. I mean, I truly did. I, I, she had a great story. We also had somebody come on our, on our show that does electric voice phenomenon where they can record alien voices using a certain type of phone and then play it back. We've had um, Avi Loeb on our show, who's an astrophysicist. He's the head astrophysicist at Harvard, who has a bunch of arguments for alien technology entering into our solar system. And he's actually going to be searching for it at the bottom of the ocean. And we've had just really incredible now, stories of did, people did, on did, the show. Did I hear you say that somebody actually had a recording of their uh, being abducted? Uh, they were not abducted. So this particular one, they were not being abducted. They were recording alien voices oh. that, that you can't hear just with your own ears, but the phone was able to pick it up and then they could play it back. And he has a whole documentary about it. And the, cool, these voices were actually predicting the future. Like he could ask the voices questions about the future and, and they were giving him answers in these recordings. So that was a really interesting interesting show as well well this is uh, right. some, uh some of you may have heard of electronic voice phenomenon evp yeah. and it's generally thought to involve ghosts or spirits or the souls of those who have passed on before us but we were shocked when he told us that that's they're actually not ghosts that he's recording they're aliens and not only did we talk to an alien abductee cj left off the best part the alien abductee we talked to was actually forced to undergo an alien surgery on board their spacecraft, and she lived to tell the tale. Now, are, are these aliens, are they good guys or bad guys for the most part? Do so, we know, do we in the case of the, the abduction, she never felt scared or threatened. In fact, she felt that her life was very enlightened afterwards. And then with the electric voice phenomenon, he said that they're a little of both. <laughs> they can be fun and playful and that they can actually be quite devilish at times. I'm hoping to uh, be abducted and maybe they can implant in my brain like where I can speak like four foreign languages or something you know, when great? I wake up. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. There well, are reports be... of that too. There's what? There are reports yeah. of folks uh, being abducted and coming back and... Uh, speaking different languages. Yeah, yeah. Well, now oh, I get wow. to tell mine. Back in 1977, uh, I Wait. was working out in the middle of the Florida Everglades doing some microwave work. Were you abducted? No, I was not, but I got to meet up with a Bigfoot researcher, and he actually played the audio recordings that he had from 1977. And it uh, turns out that he was one of the predominant Bigfoot researchers of the era. And uh, we got to spend an evening with him. It was really cool. So what, what was your take on the recording? Um, it was unique. I mean, having grown up in Florida, I thought I knew every animal, and that was nothing I'd heard. The gentleman's name was Robert Morgan. And it turns out that he was one of the big Bigfoot researchers of the time. So, Glenn, what does Bigfoot sound like? Uh, give us a 
No, 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 no. You're not going to get that out of me. Oh. <laughs> it, it sounds um. like it sounds like me when I just hit my toe on the corner of the bed. <laughs> you know, Florida is skunk ape territory, so in yeah, Bigfoot is known as a skunk ape in some parts of Florida. Right. Yeah, I grew up in Miami and went through the Everglades many, many times. All right. Well, Tim and CJ, thank you very much for uh, being with us tonight and uh, sharing that with us. And hey, you guys are welcome to stick around as long as you want to tonight and pop in or out, you know, anytime you want to. Uh, we'd love to have you there. And hey, join us uh, each week if you want to. We'll, yeah, we'll appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I sent you a, I sent you a link in the in the kind of the meeting chat through Zoom here. If uh, you're truly interested in getting your uh, technician class amateur radio license, uh, I annually teach a what we call a ham cram, which is a, a class that's actually run during a, uh, a computer festival here in New Jersey. And uh, we just basically review all of the technician class materials uh, during this class. I mean, there's, no, there's not enough time in one class to teach all the materials, but it just gives you a review of all of that. And it's certainly something you can use to review the materials after you've done some prep. Uh, before you go do a test. Now, uh, Alan, the the, Great, the questions have changed. Didn't they change maybe a month ago or something? Well, the, the questions actually changed. Well, the, the question pool was revised uh, in June last year. Okay. Uh, I have revised all my materials. In fact, I'm going to be doing this ham cram again uh, next month uh, you know, live in front of students. Um, but the, the amount of material that changed uh, is really just wordings of questions and things like that, and a couple of new uh, concepts were entered in. Um, that, but they consist of a very small portion of the 35 questions that you'll get asked. So the the 99 percent, or should I say, 95 percent of what uh, is in the hamcram that recording that I had that was was probably two or three years old is certainly applicable to uh, the tests that are still being given today. So. All That's right. Great. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. Sure. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Tim and CJ, for being with us. And uh, thank you. Well, guys. I'll see you tomorrow night. All of you. I'll see you tomorrow all night. Right. Man. Yes, sir. Good. See you all then. Right. Hope everybody can join us. All Things Unexplained podcast. Find us on Facebook tomorrow night. Can't wait. Yeah. All right. We'll see you. Thanks. Goodbye, everybody. All right. Well, that was interesting to uh, kind of have a. a a new and different and unique segment on the show tonight. Uh, wow, that was that was uh, fun. Should have talked to him about the uh, flat Earth deal. I'd, I'd like to know that, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to keep going with the the uh, unexplained part, you know, for the rest of the show. Um, let's take a quick break. Be right back in about one minute, and uh, we got some other things going here, guys. We're going to show you coming up. A lot of fun. Cabin fever, spring into the new year with ICOM. ICOM's newest amateur FM transceiver is the IC V3500, and it's ready to hit the road with whatever you're doing. With a compact body and simple interface, this radio is a must for those looking for a long-range mobile with a fresh look. The ICT10 is a rugged portable that meets or exceeds standard military testing. With an IP67 waterproof rating, the ICT10 can withstand any field activities ahead. Hear any transmission and listen to FM broadcasts with the loud 1.5 watt speaker. The IC705 is a perfect sidekick and QRP companion. Base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers. 
It's a portable package. It covers HF, 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at just over 2 pounds with an RF direct sampling. Most of the HF bands and IF sampling from the ID5100A is innovation and mobility taken to the next level. Designed from user input, the ID5100 offers an intuitive user interface experience with an industry-leading touchscreen display. Additionally, the ID5100 connects with Android devices and Bluetooth headsets via the optional Bluetooth module. The ID5100A is one of the most advanced dual-band mobiles on the market today. And last but not least is the ID52A. It's a VHF-UHF dual-bander with D-Star and FM dual-mode functions and is the first handheld amateur radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex repeater regional and worldwide calls over the D-Star Internet Gateway. Visit www.icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM Radio. All right, guys, we are back with you. Someone asked if we could turn the audio up a little bit. Uh, I can. Seems like something's changed or something. Does everybody out there have pretty low audio? Uh, tell me, uh, you know, I, I, I hate to adjust it for just one person that maybe his speakers are, are low or something. But, uh, guys, give me a report on your audio and tell me if it does need to be cranked up a little bit. I can surely crank it up. Uh, that's not going to be any problem at all. Okay, all right. Hey guys, um, before we get into, uh, before we get into um, all the stuff going on, the military shooting down of Pico balloons and Congress and everybody, you know, pulling triggers and stuff. Uh, before we do that, I got one more little segment I just want to run for you, and. Uh, it's something I, I kind of threw together pretty fast. Uh, it's not real pretty, but uh, it's it's interesting. And this is my uh, my retro VFO that that I that I built up. And uh, if you remember, we've been talking about it. Uh, let's see, this Bill. If you remember, we've been talking about it for a couple weeks here, and uh, it uses an ESP32. Uh, I guess that's the what do you call it, Glenn? Would that be the processor or what is that thing? An ESP32. Yeah, ESP32, it's an expressive chip. I just call it a microcontroller. Okay, it's a microcontroller, yeah. Basically, that's it right there at the bottom of the picture, guys. And then the, the little screen, the color screens there to the right. The SI5351 is up at the top. And then you've got uh, just down here about the 7 o'clock position, you've got the little rotary encoder that changes the frequency. I did change the buttons out. Those buttons were too big. I did put it in a smaller box. So... I got a little quick video here I want to show you on how it came together. And, uh, I, you know, I'm going to use it just as a little signal generator. And uh, uh, for the show, we may build just a couple little shortwave receivers. And uh, uh, if we do that, we might even use this for a VFO. And uh, uh, that will be uh, a lot of fun there. So let me see if I can. Um, Let's see, let's see. Oh, I've got it right here. Okay, I'm going to run this video here. It's probably about seven minutes or so. But it show, it demos it and shows it. So here we go. I still mm. want that code. Yeah, I can get it to you. Let's see. Uh, um, here it is right here. Okay, here we go, guys. 
Uh, I think you're going to be impressed with this. It's, it's neat. It's taking a digital <coughs> readout and it's, it's making it look like an old analog mechanical wheel that's turning. So here it is. You know, we've been talking Glenn, about building this here for a couple weeks. I finally got Let's it see. pretty much finished. Maybe this is, uh, maybe you can hear it this way. This is uh, what we call a retro VFO. I'll show you why we call it retro in a few minutes. No, it's pretty no, straightforward. It's pretty simple. Three little modules. Here's the, uh, the I guess, the processor. It's the uh, ESP32. All right, you guys are going to get the audio. I don't have it queued up for, for the audio. A lot of pins on it. A lot of pins. You get the audio on uh, the, and, the stream uh, if, you want, if you want to hear it. Uh, basically, I just used jumper wires with uh, with the uh, plugs on the ends and just hooked all the different uh, connectors up. This is the uh, display, the color display, and over here is the uh, the um, I, I guess we, we can call it the signal generator. It, it's generating from 10 cycles to 160 uh, megahertz. So uh, that's it right there. Let's take a look at it right here. So I got it in a little box right here. I think it looks pretty good. Uh, doesn't look too bad. I'll show you kind of the inside of it right here real quick. If I can get it open. And, uh, yeah, there we go. All right. And, you know, I did a, a, a quick assembly to get this thing ready for the show tonight. So it's not just real pretty inside. But uh, I'll show you what we've got here. As I mentioned, uh, it's pretty much modules. Again, there's the uh, there's the uh, little signal, uh, our little transmitter, or the little RF output board right there. Yeah, let's see if I can get a better shot of it right there. It's got the SI5351 chip on it. That's the same chip we run on our uh, super trackers for our little 10 milliwatt transmitter. Here's the uh, ESP32. Again, I just use cables to plug in. You can see the, the plugs here. Uh, I didn't mount it in any specific way, so I just got it kind of tie wrapped here to um, to keep it from you know getting over on top of this other board. Uh, it runs on five volts, so hey, I built me up a little uh, uh, five volt uh, regulator back here. If you look at the back side, I just put a put a uh, jack here where we can plug in any any voltage from say six volts up to maybe twenty volts. It'll be okay. It comes into a 7805 uh, regulator here. I've got a heat, a little heat sink on it. Don't think that's necessary. And uh, let's see. Let's look at the front here. Let's look in the front. Uh, there's the encoder right there. That that's the tuning dial, the encoder. Um, there's the display. Just got it kind of glued into the place with some uh, adhesive, and. Uh, we got a BNC connector down at the bottom, and then I added this. This is not in the schematic, but I added this, and this gives me uh, a variable output, variable output for the RF signal. So I'm going to use this as a signal generator uh, to just generate various signals, like if I'm working on uh, uh, filters or things like that. Uh, and also for a future show, we may just build up a little uh, shortwave receiver. And we will use this as the VFO uh, to tune a shortwave receiver. So again, we've got the buttons down here basically are, uh, this provides, uh, uh, this is the minus step, meaning we get various different steps. I'll show you in a minute. Plus step, that's a memory. And of course, if you press the, 
you press the tuning indicator in, that also stores it in memory. So let's uh, let's power this thing up and take a look at at the output. Okay, so I've uh, set the uh, little VFO, the retro VFO, on top of my spectrum analyzer. Let's take a look at it, and uh, we'll see. Uh, I'll show you how it works. Let's turn the spectrum analyzer on. Yeah, there we go. And it's booting up. All right, let's do this. Let's put in, um, let's put a start frequency of one megahertz. And we'll put a stop frequency in of say, I don't know, 15 megahertz. All right, let's go back to uh, say 10 megahertz. There we go, okay. So, so uh, you can see, let me do a marker here. Let me do a peak, peak marker. All right, that put our marker here on, uh, on our uh, fundamental frequency. And let's see. Okay. All right, so right now I've got a, uh, to keep from blowing my, uh, Analyzer up. I've got a uh, 20 uh, 20 dB uh, filter or uh, not filter, but a 20 dB attenuator in here uh, Which is going to reduce our signal to keep it safe in our spectrum analyzer So what I've done is I've created I, I put this pot in here to give me a, uh, a Level adjustment or of RF output now. I haven't got the, the impedance down really where I want it yet but uh, still, it's very functional. So I'm going to turn this uh, level, and you'll watch right here. Watch the level. Uh, 0 dB right there. That's 10 milliwatts right there. 10 milliwatts output. As I turn the level down, you're going to see the you're going to see the the signal go down. So you can start to see it go down and go down. More, 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 more. So you can well, I can bring the signal. Uh, level way down if I want to or I can bring it I can bring the signal up To maximum output there now the reason we call this a retro VFO Now the reason we call this a retro VFO is because it has the look it has a look of a Mechanical dial See if I can get a better picture of that. Looks a little dark. Maybe it's okay. But you can see, watch the scale. In addition to the digital scale here, you can see these two scales here that are uh, turning. And that's not um, uh, mechanical wheel turning. Watch this. So you can see the mechanical wheels are turning there, or the, the fake mechanical wheels are turning. And let's see, I'm going to change the step to like 100 kcs. There we go, 100 kcs is better. You can see better now. 
as I turn the dial, not only do we have a digital frequency readout, but we have an analog digital readout. And the reason we call this a retro VFO is because the dial looks like the old old style dials we used to use on our radios, where everything was mechanical. And uh, so uh, the software is actually mimicking the uh, mimicking the uh, the old style VFO. So what we've got here is. Uh, I don't know if you can see it or not. Right there, right at the top, it says step. We're on a 100 kc step. 100 kc step. And if I change, if I could use the down button, the 100 kc uh, step will change to. There's 10 kc steps. One. I hit the plus I can go up in steps so there is 10 100 and there's a 1 megahertz step again the 1 megahertz step is gonna make it tune very fast this button is a memory button I can press to store a frequency or I can I can this is a memory button that I can actually call memory frequencies up the dialing the uh, dial here the frequency dial you can press it in and that will actually store uh, the frequencies so yeah, overall it's a pretty neat little piece of test equipment that i built and it seems to it seems to work pretty good all right we are back so anyway that was just a neat little project that i tried to throw together i had a lot of trouble uh programming it uh, glenn we were uh my friend michael uh, aa6dy is the expert programmer he actually programmed it for me uh, we were both building one and we tried to program it here and on my computer we just couldn't get it programmed we we kept getting errors and everything so he just sent me the one he programmed from uh, up there but uh yeah hey uh if you just do a search on youtube for uh, retro vfo you will find it there and you'll also find links to the schematic and also to the github uh software that you can you know, download the uh, uh, the uh, code and, you know, hey, if you know how to do the code part, the, the uh, you know, the uh, software part, firmware, you're, you're in good shape. I have trouble with that. I never was a software person. Anyway, that was it. So I know, Glenn, I don't think you heard, I don't think you probably heard the audio, but uh, what do you think about it, man? It's kind of a neat little box. Oh, yeah. I think it's cool. Part of the, the thing with the ESP32 and programming is it does have a little bit of a trick or a glitch uh, to get it to program correctly. Yeah. Uh, of course, you also have to have all the libraries and everything installed because the, uh, the Dr. Duino inventor board that I'm working with now is ESP32 based. Oh, yeah. So I'm learning all of those little tricks. Well, I notice sometimes if I turn fast, too, uh, it, it, it seems like it has little glitches in it. I think I need some kind of debouncing deal, possibly, or something. I don't know if, you know. Yeah, that, possibly on the encoder. Yeah. I just put a cheap, uh, a cheap encoder in there. You know, it it's probably didn't cost more than, you know, 39 cents. So Yeah. Maybe well, the some other thing I noticed yeah. is you kind of had a spur there on the, the signal itself. You mean on the uh, spectrum analyzer? On the spectrum analyzer, well, yeah. That was uh, probably the second harmonic or the third harmonic. 
probably the third. Uh, the yeah. SI fifty three fifty one has got a square wave output. So yeah, right. I was going to say the square yeah. wave on that fifty two fifty one or fifty three fifty one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. When you had the initial span you put up, you had the first and third harmonic, and then when you adjusted the span, you pushed the third off. There was still another low level spur in there, but yeah. I don't think that was. I don't know if it was harmonically related or not. Yeah. But it was definitely the third. Oh yeah, That's and that, and it, that shows up. That shows up just like on our trackers that we fly. You know, we we're using the same um, 50, uh, 53 SI fifty three fifty one on our tracker. Yeah. And if you look at it, it's got the same uh, third harmonic there. You know, so yeah, the, the second, third, the, yeah. the seventh, and they're all going to be there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, the second harmonic is quite low. I mean, you got your you got your fundamental, I guess. Then your second harmonic is quite low, and then the third is a lot higher. Well, that's, right. that's that's a square yeah. wave. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, the square wave is fifty percent duty cycle. You're gonna have, you're not gonna have much of the even harmonics. As soon yeah. as the duty cycle starts changing, then you'll get some of the even harmonics. In there. So when I put a low pass filter on it, I noticed that you know uh, I could I could bring that third harmonic way down, and right. uh, it actually improved the output on the fundamental. Uh, you know, I. Yeah, you're gonna have to find a way to smooth out that square wave into more of a sign to get. Get much better with it. Yeah, I'm yeah, not sure. With that wide frequency range, you're not going to be able to. Yeah, do it with I, I was going to say I don't think I could do that over a 160 megahertz uh, 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 range there. So, I mean, if I was using it for a specific frequency, you know, very narrow, I could I could smooth it out. But uh, you know, I wanted to to use uh, up and down a band. And again, I, I think it would work. Uh, I, I, you know, what are your thoughts, Alan? If I build up a little Troy receiver and put that in here as the VFO, do you think it? Do you think it'll work? Well, well, the problem, well, the thing is, using it as a square wave and using it to drive uh, the LO of a mixer, that's fine because oftentimes yeah. you want to drive a mixer hard uh, to to get good clean conversion. So, um, so that's really not an issue. You just have to be aware that you're going to have that the the other harmonic content in there. So, oh yeah, you'll have other images that will land in your IF unless you do some pre-filtering beforehand. Right. Otherwise, right. a square wave drive into a mixer, you know, for the LO is, is perfectly fine and sometimes preferable. Yeah. And you might have the added benefit of picking up some of those alien transmissions, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I might be able to do that. Yeah. Well, anyway, hey, I just want you guys to see it. We we actually completed it. I got it in a box. I'm not sure what I'll do with it now, but... It kind of reminds me, that you look at the, uh, the new big, you know, monster... Premier, you know, Kenwood bass rigs have got a, uh, a software emulation of the old uh, mechanical dials on them as well. Uh huh. Well, when I saw that, I thought it was just really neat, and I said, "I gotta, I gotta have that." Now, whether I use it for anything, I don't know, but uh, I just, I think it took a lot of work making that little rotary dial in there on that oh, gosh, digital yeah. display. Oh, yeah, that's it, very cool. I, yeah, yeah, that and the, the the software emulation of an analog uh, S meter, you know, type of thing. I just think when it's done well, it actually looks really good. Like yeah, like, yeah, that, that that design's done well. Except the one that on the Kenwood uh, TS nine ninety is done really extremely well. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, um, let's talk about Bill. Let's get Bill in here. Bill, I know you've been bombarded with media. I have. I tried to stay out of it as much as I could. I've tried to tell the truth. Um, I've tried not to. I've tried not to uh, send uh, the media to a lot of people. Uh, I know the the club up there. The club up there took their uh, website down because they were just getting too much. They were getting bombarded too much. So you there, Bill? Yeah. 
He's uh, here. Oh, he's turning I'm green. Done. Bill's turning. You're sending me a green screen. Look this, at that. Uh, the aliens are interfering with my transmission yeah. there. <laughs> so here's uh, here's what I, here's here's what's going on. And, and uh, Bill, I've seen your notes about writing uh, Kelly, the congressman. Uh, you know they're proposing you know some stiff regulations now on balloons. Now I don't know how that's going to see. I'm not thinking. I don't think you're thinking this through, Bill, because. The latest I saw was that Senator Mark Kelly was recommending we put ADSB transponders on all of our balloons, and I'm sure he doesn't realize that an ADSB, even the tiniest ADSB receiver, is basically one and a half times the weight of one of our Pico balloons. Add on the batteries and the solar panels and the antenna, and you now we got a several ounce payload, and then twenty two hundred dollars is the yeah probably yeah. the most reasonable. Well, see, here's here's find. what here's what I don't think you're thinking through. Um, of course, uh, of course, weather balloons don't have that. They don't have the uh, ADSB on it. I don't think you're going to want to put ADSB on every weather balloon. Yeah. Uh, the Pico Blues ADSB transponder. If you just you did the uh, the splitter portion of it, uh, that's just a, that's just a program sequence. You don't have to have a receiver. Right. Right. Just yeah. So, but I I don't think you're thinking through. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of balloons up there, and there's no way you're going to get the uh, ADSB on all those balloons. So let's yeah, say they well, get they, it. They, let's they, hey Bill. Let's just say they, this. They, let, well, Let's say there are 60. And the, yeah. uh, hundreds of these uh, a day, uh, all of the U.S. and North America, and uh, almost a 1,000 or more worldwide. And in the history of aviation, back to the Wright brothers, uh, there's not been any uh, problem incidents with uh, striking an aircraft. Well, Bill, here, here's, yeah, and that's a good point. Here's here's what I'm, I'm thinking. There may be... 40 uh, Pico balloons up. I don't know. There's not, probably not a whole lot up there. There's approximately, at any given moment, there's somewhere between 20 and 30 Pico balloons circling the globe. Yeah, okay. So there's 20 or 30 up there. 20 or 30 up there, and they're going to require all balloons now, all balloons probably to have this. So, all right. So we... Uh, now, the one thing they haven't, uh, you know, there's... The existing rules work. That's the point I wanted to drive home. And we have an existing website and database tracking all these. All we have to do, the simple solution is to um, educate the powers that be where to find these websites if they have an object in question before they go shooting down a party balloon. Look it up on our website and say, hey, is that possibly. And the really cool thing is the uh, HabHub website's got a tracking um, prediction point so they can actually do the prediction to see if it's uh, in the flight path of some object that they're interested in. All right, Bill, let, yeah. listen, listen to this, Bill. All right, so there's 30 or 40 up there. They're going to require us to, they're going to require us to put these transmitters on there. Okay. So there's, that's, that's, 30 balloons they won't shoot at. Now, there's another 4,000 up there without this on it. Now, so look, I, I'm going to read some round numbers here. We've got 365 million people in the United States. 
I think, somewhere near that. That means there are 365 million birthdays per year. Exactly. If you divide that by 365 days a year, on average, there's 1 million birthdays per day. Now, if 10% of those 1 million are kids and they have a party outside with Mylar balloons, 10% of a million now uh, is 100,000 balloons that are going to get lost. They're going to get turned loose. I mean, they're going to go up in the sky. So we're going we're gonna to take our 30 balloons and make sure they don't shoot them. But now there's going to be another 100,000 flying around up here that they're going to have to so shoot down. Thing, you know, they're going to have so to shoot they, them down. They reduce their radar so they see all the junk flying around up there, the tiny junk. Uh, and it's, as you say, birthday parties, weddings, used car lots, you name it, they're vastly outnumber what are 20 or 30 eco balloons that are flying around out there. And I think ours show up the, the ones that showed up were using uh, luminized mylar uh, coatings, and those show up on the radar pretty good. Yeah. Um, so um, the answer really is to education of if you are really want to prove it's not one of ours, go to the website. And if they really require a national database, we can easily have our web developers send the data from our balloons directly to any kind of government server or database if they want to keep track of it. No need for changing the rules or ADSB that you know, these rules uh, that exempt us and the National Weather Service radio signs have worked well for us for many years with no incidents. Well, Bill, I thought... That's what I'm trying to educate that there's, you don't have to kick back and be afraid of all these things. They just turned the filters off and looked yeah. at slow-moving objects, and now they see everything. They can probably see hummingbirds. Yeah, and you know, hey, Bill, I I, I, I felt really bad yesterday. I thought I was going to get Mo yesterday. We had my my granddaughter was proposed to yesterday, uh, you know, to get married, and we had a party afterwards. We knew it was going to happen, so we had a party waiting for them at the future mother-in-law's house, you know. And she took a mylar balloon outside to tie on the mailbox, and a ribbon came loose from where it was tied on the mylar, and it went up in the air yesterday. Man, I, I oh man, I saw oh, it was bad. So it's all over time. <laughs> so hey, hey, Bill. So so if if, if if Congress passes law, we're only one country. I mean, these balloons exactly. are being flown That's out of right. Romania and and in Sweden and everywhere. We you know, Australia. We can ship them to Antarctica and launch them from there. You know, so Actually, so. you make a good point, Glenn. If they pass these draconian laws, hold on a minute. If they pass these uh, very restrictive laws, um, the only place we can fly out of will be um, Argentina and uh, possibly New Zealand and Antarctica and uh, Chile and South Africa. So actually, I do have friends in AMSAT Argentina that probably be willing to do that for us because they've been flying a heck of a lot of Pico balloons uh, down there. Uh, my friend Ignacio, L-U-1-E-S-Y, 
we have Charlie. I'm sure he would launch them for us. So, oh, yeah. Uh, that, but that might be the way we have to go. Well, you know, well, what about Mexico or Canada? They haven't passed laws yet. Well, Canada's got fairly restrictive laws, and keep in mind that they were the ones that agreed to shoot down the Pico balloon over the, the suspected Pico balloon over the Yukon. So uh, I, uh, I wouldn't think Canada, plus that's where all the NORAD uh, radars are, so a good many of them. So yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, they're just embarrassed that they blew a four hundred thousand dollar missile on a twelve dollar balloon and a hundred dollar tracker. Well, wait, hey, hey, Glenn, you gotta no, you gotta add it up. You gotta add it up. There was there was there was one missile, two missiles, two more. That's four. Let's see, one, two, four, four. There were there were there was four of them, and my understanding is, after my research, I mean, the average, I mean, that, that Sidewinder missile varies in price, but the average price is about three ninety nine thousand. I mean, they can go up to a million bucks, so I guess if you got something special yeah. in them, but three hundred ninety nine thousand dollars. Okay, so there was four of them, so that's uh, that's one point two million, and then then each each one of those they had, they sent two aircraft up. Now I'm told that that take that costs fifty thousand dollars an hour to fly them. Oh, yeah. I heard eighty-seven thousand. <laughs> well, you got to send a tanker up with them too. I don't know why you'd think they could come back to base, but uh, you know you got to send a tanker up, you know, and and then two, yeah, fifty to eighty thousand. So <laughs> we're talking, we're talking some big money here. Now let's add up the millions of dollars for the world's most expensive arcade game in real life. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. and now they're embarrassed because they shot down a science project from a ham radio club that they should have known about. Well, so um, now they got to put all these rules to cover their butts. And, when, and we're shit, we're shit, Glenn. They're taking aim at STEM education and global warming research. Exactly. Well, and you know, hey, I, Bill, I thought on one of the pages I saw today that. The Naval Academy has been launching Pico balloons for 10 years. Yeah, I've, I've been supplying them with yeah. the trackers. Yeah. yeah. So that's I saw I saw the picture. I saw the picture of your tracker. The Naval Depa the Naval Department has been flying these Pico trackers. Plus, and the Smithsonian Institute launched uh, 15 of them last year uh, as a project. Uh, yeah. Nationwide. So, hey, let me ask you this, uh, Bill. You know, the Great Plains balloon launch is coming up here in a couple months with you guys where you're going to launch a whole bunch of balloons all over the United States, man. Any, any well, actually, going we're going to launch them all from uh, Huntsville, Alabama this time. Okay. And so... No remotes? No, no. Uh, uh, they might be some remotes, but uh, mostly it'll be from Huntsville, Alabama at the Severe Weather Institute next to UH campus. It'll be June 16th and 17th. Go to superlaunch.org to get the details. But uh, ought to be an interesting conference, provided they don't require us all to put ADS-B transponders on. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Mark, Mark, uh, you said here's a BBC link. Is that our interview? I couldn't find it. Uh, tell me if that's uh, Tell me if that's our... our uh BBC interview. Let me see if I can do a copy of that link. Control C. 
and uh, I'd like to try to pull it up if it is. I, I haven't heard it. I hope it's okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard that one either. Yeah, let's see. You did a great job in the very limited amount of time well, you had on that uh, one interview that lasted two minutes. Well, that was a pitiful interview on News, News Nation TV. I mean, they had, I got one question. And the question I got is the one that makes everybody thinks they know the answer to. It's like, well, this thing's fly, and, and, and that's the only reason that the that's the only reason the military shut it down. It provide it, it's a it's a hazard to flying airplanes. That's the that's the question I get. So I try to answer it. You know, uh, you know. Hey, look, hey, Bill. I had and I had already talked to your producer. I had a. They don't even know what a pico balloon is. I had a pico balloon here. Let me see if I can show you this. I had a Pico here for them to see on TV. Where did my mouse at? I lost my mouse. There it is. I yeah, had a I, I had a I had a Pico balloon. See, here it is right here. I had a Pico balloon here for them to see. And I also had them a built-in a built tracker to see. This is it. This is what's flying right here. That's it. And uh I got they the one the I got the one question and thank you, goodbye, you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. By the way, Mark is saying that that link in the chat room is a link to the Russians launching radar reflectors. Oh. Radar so that's your interview. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Did you ever hear the song 99 Balloons? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was by Nana. It uh, accurately predicted the events today. Yeah, this pretty much. Because they almost they actually did launch 99 balloons across the Berlin Wall, and it almost started World War III back then. Uh, hey, hey, you know what? Uh, Kirby was on TV the other day, and, of course, they're not going to ever admit that these were a party balloon because then it's, it's a little embarrassing. So they're never going to admit it, and it says, well, we're not going to admit it until we find it and we can identify it. Guys, let me tell you, you're not going to find this. You're not going to find this. The balloon was vaporized. The balloon was vaporized, okay? There's nothing left of it. And this thing's so small, if it dropped in one piece out in the snow in the Yukon or somewhere, Lake Michigan, you're not going to find it. If it's uh, if it's in like uh, three hundred pieces, uh, they're going to be quite a bit smaller. You're it's just not going to find it. It's probably floating in the stratosphere. You had this vapor. It could be if they vaporize, they might have just uh, went up. You know. But I couldn't believe the uh, the amount of the search effort they put into this uh, <laughs> when there was there's nothing left. Well, let's go one step further. If it wasn't this club's balloon, why did the FBI contact various people? Well, they did a Google search. They were, they were uh, trying to uh, get fact finding and investigation. Yeah. 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 Well, they were asked. They were asked. You know, how did you find us? And one of the FBI guys said, "Well, we're the government." But the other FBI guy says, "We use Google." And you know, they just did Google, and uh, you know. They, they 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 found a club had a balloon up here and that was it you know so oh man yeah but how did they make the link from it being the club's balloon that they shot down if they haven't shot down anybody's personal balloons well I don't know. of course I they had to it had to call letters website 
the Sondhub website took a big hit even before the news articles yeah. showed up. There was increased traffic, so people were watching it both in the U.S. and China. Yeah, they were looking yeah. at our amateur radio Pico, you know, balloon websites. Yeah, well, you know, I hate to say this, but hey, hey, guys. Would you like to buy a Huey, Dewey, and Louie t-shirt? We've got them on the sale here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, hey this, hey, this was pretty cool here. I, I really like this one right here. You know, it says, I followed this Chinese balloon for 200 miles until I realized it was bird poop on my windshield. That's, that's a good one right there. And, and then, let's see, i got another one here somewhere. Oh, here we go here. Top Gun, man. Top Gun. Oh, yeah. I feel the need for speed. Calm down, dude. You just popped a balloon. Oh, man. So, okay, let's All see. they had to do was fly by it uh, close. It, the turbulence would have taken care of it. They didn't need that half-million-dollar firewinder. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, by the way, speaking of FBI, I got a letter from the FBI two days ago right here, and uh, it's... Uh, it's actually uh, a follow-up discussing discussing the night that we were swatted when they sent the SWAT team into our show, and they're just telling us that that you know nothing really has changed that much on the prosecution right now. I mean, they, you know, they they went and got the guys, they arrested the guys uh, about a year ago. It took them two years to get to them, and then they you know it's been a year. They still haven't brought them to to a trial yet, but. Uh, uh, anyway, so you know, hey, I'm on first. I, I'm on friendly first terms with the FBI. I've, I've had them here at home, and you know, I like the guys, young guys. In fact, uh, in fact, one of the agents was an electrical engineer. I brought him back here in the shack, and and uh, we had a good time talking. Uh, let's see. I was going to find something else here. I don't think this would do very good for the balloons yet at long distance, but you know, it might be something we try someday. Um, uh, I was gonna try. Here we go. We got a. Uh, we've got a. This is our map, guys. And here's here's a thing. It looks like. I uh, say, I'm not gonna confirm it or deny it, but it looks like we we went across. Looks like we went across China about ten times. I mean, just counting. But again, this map could be wrong. So but, when they said that we had overflown ten times this year, they were just referring to you. Hey, hey, Bill, there is a Fox News a guy. A friend sent me a screenshot off the Fox News TV, and it says the Chinese said that we've flown over ten times, and Biden says it's a lie. And then right under it on TV, it says Tom Medlin, host of Amateur Radio Roundtable, says it probably was. That's I've got the screenshot here. I can't believe it did that to me. Oh, well, that's great. So I think I think uh, I think the guys in Washington, that, Bill, they they probably know some of us for sure. And they're not talking. You know what, man? They're really quiet up here. Well, see, and this just proves that you never really needed to write your your call sign on those balloons. They already knew. That's right. That's right, man. Didn't have to. In fact, uh, in fact, hey, the Associated Press, my my buddy that helps helps me a little bit do the launching. Uh, his name's Ed, and uh, if you look at any of those articles in the Associated Press, there's a big long article with us, and 
there's a picture right there on Associated Press that shows Ed holding the balloon. And I'm the one using. I'm the one that was doing the video, so I'm really not in the picture. And I told Ed the other day, I said, man, when they call me, I'm gonna tell them you're the brains of the outfit. I said, I just carried a bag. I just carried the garbage bag and this balloon stuffed in. I don't know what you're doing. I, all I can tell you is when I first saw the Aviation Week article that really uh, uh, broke the story nationwide, yeah. there was my face right center on the first photograph plastered all over. Oh, the yeah, place. yeah. It was your picture on there and my name in there. And no, actually, I got calls yeah. from friends and relatives like crazy after that. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering where you were, Bill. I figured you'd have been front and center on all of this. Well, he it, he's in there, too. Oh, I mean, I, we had uh, some interviews with a number of uh, newspapers and magazines. Uh, they Stories haven't come out, or maybe they, they never, may never will come out because the, now they're off, the media is off on another frenzy somewhere on another topic. Well, hopefully that they'll That's the beauty of about the, this. The beauty of uh, you know when something captures the news media, um, there's a very short attention span. Yeah. yeah, hopefully that'll be the same way with all these rules and regulations they're thinking about trying to pass. Well, I, well, they did say that it would be difficult to uh, uh, it'd be difficult to get legislation passed because of all the different opinions. In fact, one senator just says, "Yeah, oh, there's." bunch of junk up there it's been up for years you know just clutter why bother you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> well and, I... but but uh, they could uh, start a rules committee that could uh, quietly start uh, changing rules but yeah. it, it'll, take a, it'll take a while well bill you know uh kelly is an astronaut I'm th- uh, you know, I don't really want to do it, but I was thinking we contact our friend, astronaut Doug Wheelock. He's a ham. In fact, I've already done. I've, uh, I've already done that. Have you? Okay. Uh, I, I was going to say I was thinking that we could contact him because I have a nice video of him launching a Pico balloon. You yeah. Know, so, so if they exactly. send us, if they send us Leavenworth, they're going to have to take a, a big wig with NASA. Sent, uh, I sent letter uh, to. Mark Kelly on his website, and yep. so I guessed what his email might be, and it didn't bounce. Yeah, uh, one of my friends told me what the typical email address is for a senator, and uh, and so, but his website basically said, if you are not from Arizona, and one of his constituents, then uh, then you don't want to hear from you. Coming from his constituents. Are uh, take priority. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if my comments will ever be seen by him, but I propose yeah. I show the benefits uh, to uh, STEM education, weather research, and science uh, by having these uh, balloons with the current regulations. And uh, I also mentioned uh, that uh, the tracking. Uh, Devices are already on them, and uh, told them, gave them links to all the uh, places you can find it. So oh, yeah. hopefully they'll take it to heart. Well, usually Congress can't pass anything, but I don't know, man. They, they might do it this time. I I, I kind of think they won't. I think they'll talk about it. 
probably uh, something else is going to come up and you know be the hot button. I think uh, there'll be some know. scandal somewhere that takes takes precedence. But yeah, you know, I mean, if they don't listen to people and they just go in here and make this new rule up, it's kind of like they're making a rule up on something they know nothing about and they don't even know the history and that that there are rules and regulations already in place by the government for this. Well, for, hopefully Mark Kelly will, will uh, read his uh, emails and messages, and uh, we can, uh, uh, I mean, he's a very educated person, obviously, being a former astronaut, and he's also a ham radio operator. So um, I believe that at the heart, once he understands the full picture. Yeah. <clears throat> oh. All right. Well, I think and Anthony keeps giving this weird interference, but I think uh, it might be the government or aliens. I'm not sure which. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, uh, <laughs> I had so many people calling me. Outer limits. I had so many people calling me. Government yeah. aliens. Yeah. You know, uh, my, my sister called me, and she, she watches all these different news channels and says, man, you really hit the big time now. She says, Edward Snowden, you know, he's the guy that, what, ran to Russia. He was the guy that, that uh, blew the whistle that the government was spying on everybody. Anyway, Edward Snowden uh, ran the article with our name in it, and uh, she thought, well, I, we've hit the big time now if uh, Edward Snowden's talking about us. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well. But it's been quite a week. So but yeah, things yeah. seem to have died down to a, a great deal. So. Oh, yeah. Well, it is really, you know, Bill, Thursday and Friday were the days it hit. And it was really busy. Like I mentioned earlier, Kathy had to do a spreadsheet. We had so much coming in, and it was starting to overlap that. I, I was having two interviews on top of each other, and and it, it just and wouldn't work. You know, it would, too, wouldn't but, wouldn't work. Uh, and 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 that was Thursday and Friday. The weekend was a big relief. Nothing really happened the weekend, and it's been very, it's been pretty quiet, point, pretty quiet uh, Monday and Tuesday. Something else. I know uh, I had a an interview request from Global News, which is the Canadian big network, and. Uh, they wanted me to interview with an anchor on the news, and uh, um, I missed it because I was interviewing with uh, a magazine, uh, and uh, it uh, that opportunity went away when I said I can do it tomorrow, and they yeah. called back. Yeah. Nope, this is all yesterday's news now. Hey, uh, That's right. Bill, I sent you an email, uh, Eric at uh, QSO Today wanted me to join this big powwow they've got coming well, up here. I'm the one that suggested that you can join it. Uh, he oh. already had uh, I suggested, me and asked if anybody else yeah, would like to well, join that round. I sent him a note back and suggested that you do it. Well, he wants 10 panelists oh, boy. Uh, on QSO Today yeah. virtual ham fest in March. Yeah, and so I'll probably get on there, and uh, but if you're welcome to join it, uh, 
because I suggested I, your name. I'm traveling that week, going over to Russellville, Arkansas, and doing a presentation over there for the Ham Club, and going to my old college, and we're taking about a week vacation over there. So I'm I'm not gonna be able to do it. Hi, right, Glenn. Are you going to Dayton? I'm planning to. Yeah. But Tom, you are not, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna go this year. I finally, I finally got burned out after 40 years. Plus, I'm getting, I'm getting too old to go, man. I mean, heck, man, 10-hour drive up there, 10-hour drive back. That's bad on the body. Yeah, that's why I flew last year. Yeah. It was so much nicer flying. Yeah. Well, my brother lives not about 20 miles away, so that makes it a lot easier. Well, theoretically, I'll be retired by then, so the drive won't be a big deal anymore. Won't have to take time off from work. Now, you, you've got like an SUV, don't you? Yeah. All right. Hey, man, if you'll put an air mattress in the back, I'll go up here this year. I'll just kind of sleep it off in the back while you drive up, man. That's a possibility because, I mean, it's a it's a Ford Explorer. So, I mean, see, it seems, I can just you know, I can just sleep back here when you... You know, we make a pit stop here or there. We'll get some lunch. I'll go back to bed, back there, put some music on. You just keep yeah, trucking, we, man. We could, we could probably do that. You just keep trucking. I, we haven't decided if I'm driving or not yet. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to kick in for gas and stuff. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what I'm going to do with you when I'm staying at the bed and breakfast. Well, you're going to have to run taxi service. No, 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 no. For me. I, no, my, my my car doesn't say taxi service on the side. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I figure that I'm going to probably be doing book signings and stuff at Dayton, especially if they get my new book out in time. There's still the possibility. Yeah. Well, guys, it seems like it's quieting down here on the show tonight. Are we ready? Are we going to terminate this thing, or are we going to stay on a little while longer? What do you want to do? I've got a two hours. I got a two hour slot. We got a two hour slot for radio. So either I can go eight to ten here with us, or I can go seven thirty with uh, pre show music to nine thirty right now. So I just need to fill up my two hour slot on shortwave. Yeah. Whatever you, you want to do. To, you want to open it up to uh, after the show, show? Oh yeah, let me do that. I, Anthony yeah. joined a minute ago. Let me, let me. Yeah, I didn't. You know what? I was going to open the phone lines and everything tonight, and I didn't do it. Uh, let me. Uh, know how Anthony got in. Let me. Yeah, yeah let's just do it. Let's open up. I'm going to open the phone lines and Zoom. Uh, let me put that in, the, in here. I'll open. I'll open both up. And uh, see if anybody in the last, we'll, we'll spend 30 more minutes here. See if we can get some precipitation uh, from the group here. So, guys, there's, uh, there's uh, that information. And let me, uh, let me bring the phone system up. And uh, I can find it. Hmm. There it is. So we're going to bring the phone system up. Now, look, guys, we could take 1,000 calls simultaneous. I've never had more than about three. So 
Let's see if we can't test the system tonight. I'll, uh, I'll have it up here in just a moment. Takes a second for it to come up. But uh, let's see. Let me see if I can put the phone number on the... Let's see if I can put the phone number. Here we go. There's the phone number on the bottom there. Uh, I'm sending uh, the Zoom link in the chat room. Oop, I don't know. Join a meeting. I don't know if I did that right or not. Let's see. Zoom is slow. Oh, okay. No phone. All right. Well, if you don't have a phone, I can't talk to you. All right. So I think. I think I think the phone system up. Let's see. Let's see. Oh yeah. Can y'all hear that? Yeah, they got that same music. They need to change their music. You can hear the music, okay? It's kind of clipping and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Hey guys, call that number. We'll put you on the telephone. Call seven one six four two seven one zero eight three. And you'll get the code when you uh, when you get it answered there. Just enter the code four zero seven zero five one pound sign. Yeah, fourth caller gets a free Pico balloon. Yeah, shot down only once. You know, you know, uh, and I was going to show on the TV show the other night, but they didn't ask me for it. They, you know, they cut us off pretty quick. But I was going to show. This is what's flying up there. Basically, this is it. I mean, can you see this? Can you see it, Glenn? Can you see that right there? Glenn, can you see this? I can barely see it. The chroma key is not real good. Yeah, well, that's because it's invisible. I, I, I'm not so sure radar reflects off this uh, that much. So what happened was they're flying a balloon very similar to this, but they're fly, they were flying the one in the Yukon that got shut down. was Actually, it was the aluminum. It was aluminum one, <clears throat> same size. So you can see this probably did reflect probably a good radar signal. Uh, so, you know, I think we're flying stealth. We went across the U.S. today and didn't have any problems. We should be getting close to Africa tomorrow, I'm thinking. All right. Okay, let's see, let's see. Just reflections, barely, yep. If you guys want to turn the... Elevator music off. You've got to call that phone number, and that will turn the music off. Let's see if we can get somebody to call us. I may have to call it. Have my phone with me. Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing this evening? Hey, uh, Anthony, how are you doing, man? Well, I've got my issues, but I'm trying to get through them. I had okay. some somewhat good news on Friday when I went to see the eye doctors, but they're going to be putting me back on the table again probably soon. Open up my eye a little bit more. Hopefully, maybe I might be able to see. Well, uh, I, I, did you I happen so. to change the the uh, phone number for the for the call in? No, uh, I've got the number up. Uh, I mean, it changed about a year ago, but uh, this is the number seven one six four two seven one zero eight three. I have to check my phone book because I have a different see. number. But, Bill, I do have a question to ask you regarding the balloon situation. Yeah. With amateur radio clubs launching balloons, how is that going to play in this mess? 
Well, if Congress has their way, they're going to tell you you've got to put a $2,000 transmitter on it, and it weighs about probably about two pounds, and this thing will only lift about 30 grams. So that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but the balloons that my club have launched have have transmitters on on for the for, for the payload, and they use it to up to to track it and 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 so forth. Are you talking about like a weather balloon? Yes. Yeah, well, uh, if they get their way, they're probably going to say you got to put this $2,000 transmitter on it, too. Oh, we got England. England's calling in here. Robin calling, I think. G1's calling in here. Yeah, and you've got Earl joined us tonight. Earl joined us? There will be pirate Pico balloons. Yeah, I like that. I'm just going to keep launching them, and I'm going to put Glenn's name on them. Oh, that's okay, because I've been launching them and putting your name on them. Is that right? Yeah. How do you think they found you? Oh, man. Hey, I was watching YouTube last night, and it, this is a pretty neat deal. It was a There was a show in there on how to completely disappear. I was going to say, can't we just maybe work this out so that we just put some of those eye tags on them? I don't know. <laughs> We got, oh, let's see. I think that the community has already done enough that there shouldn't be a problem with these, with the amateur balloons. Good grief. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? I don't know. Hey, uh, we got we got England on here. Who is that? Robin? I think it's yeah. a G1. Are you, are you there? Yeah, he's here. Hello. Uh, hey. is, isn't it pretty late over there? You, man, you must be. Yeah. Skipping your sleep, man. Can you see me? Yeah, yes, yeah. See ya. Great, great picture. Let me, uh, let me change this picture here. Let's see. Robin, you have a great yeah. hamstring. There we go. There we go. Yeah, it's beautiful. Huge. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I like it there. Yeah. Well, here, let me, let me put my ham shack on. There we go. All right. Well, how you doing over there, man? You uh, uh, are you a regular on the show, or you just recently pop in because of all this mess there, uh, Robin? Yeah, I'm good. Robin, have you uh, been watching the show prior, or did you just find out about it lately? Yeah, I'm here. I'm in the UK. How you doing? How you doing? Doing good. What do you want to see? So still nobody yet on the phone. Yeah, he's got a little bit of everything over there. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. Where are you? Uh, where are you located, Robin? What? Where? I mean, I'm in West Yorkshire, UK. West Yorkshire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not sure yeah, where I've that got, is. I've got I'm toys. not sure. I've got, I've got toys. You want to see toys? Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Now, is that in England? Yeah. Yeah. You're in England. Okay. Okay. G G and MHU. All right. Yeah, I'm here. Well, wasn't sure. I know. Yeah, uh, it's kind of late, but I've re I'm, I'm 55. I've retired, so. 
Oh, an early man. Yeah, yeah. He's an early guy. I I, I retired nice. later than that, man. Yeah, you don't see the shack. It's it's a junk shack. It's it's like there's radio stuff and there's there's gear everywhere and things and. Well, I like it. You got a nice looking shack. Yeah, come clean mine up. <laughs> yeah. No, I pop in from time to time. Um, one of, one of my best friends is Katie. Okay, I got it. Yeah, got gotcha. you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought maybe Katie might be on tonight. No, uh, no, I watch it loads of times. Um, Kate, 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 Katie Allen came to see me about two years ago. She stayed in York, and we took her took her around York and stuff. And yeah, you know, it's like she's a yeah. regular on your show and stuff. Yeah, I remember. I remember when she went over there. In fact, I think she went to was it maybe yeah, Ireland, Scotland, Scotland. Uh, where what, was it? Scotland. She went. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, to um, a club, to a club there, and we actually did a live video show with her there at the club. Yeah, I remember when yeah, she I've was got, over there. I've got there. quite a lively, quite a lively show. Uh -huh. I mean, I'm in West Yorkshire. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Wakefield. So what have we got here? Have we got. Oh, I've got. I mean, I don't know what's missing here. Actually, I, there's some, yeah, it is. There's, there's one radio missing. It's in a bag behind me. It's a 705. But <laughs> everything else is here. Very nice. Very nice. Um, yeah. so what kind of antennas do you have? Yeah, if you look me up on QRZ, you'll see I've got um, a small tower. Mm -hmm. I've got a small tower with VHF, UHF aerials, and wire antennas for HF. Good old wire. That's always good for HF. That's what yeah. I use, wire for HF. I've had yeah. a lot of good luck with them. Yeah, I, I, uh, I had a tower. I had a tower for many years. And dipoles. Yeah. yeah. I had a tower for many years, and I finally took it down. Gave it away. Uh, I use all wire antennas now, and... You know, think, hey, they do just as there's good. There's a lot of delays going on with audio because some people may be mute. Yeah. Do you have? Do you still have YouTube turned on? Robin, do you have YouTube turned on, or is it muted? I'm on Zoom. Okay. Okay. Sometimes you get echo and delay if you have Zoom and YouTube going. Yeah, we're having a little little trouble with your audio at times. Let's try again. Hey, is that better? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. So it's it's a basic shack in the UK. Well, it's not a basic shack, but I retired. My wife passed away, and I ended up with some money, so I bought quite a radio gear. So we got 9,700. I mainly need to VHF, UHF. Uh, 7,300 for four meters. 7,300. And 7,610, but I... I bought a second one because it's kind of neat to have a second receiver with the second VFO. Gives you like four bands. Mm -hmm. uh, audio and uh, some sort of higher microphone thingy. What's we got here kicking around here? Um, legal limit amplifier, four birth through lines, transverters for 70 cents and set two meters. 
amplifiers for two meters and centimeters. Some spare rotators they're going to put up and do some um, some more satellite stuff with. So, yeah, it's just uh, it's a bit of a mess at the moment, but <laughs> I'm going to do some more stuff. Very nice. It's um, it's a work in progress. I think all ham shacks are. That's yeah, we're never done with them. <laughs> exactly, we're never done with them. Uh, latest acquisition is an, it's a more comfy seat that I'm sitting in at the moment, um, and a new spectrum analyzer that I like to play with. I've got a few spectrum analyzers. There's probably four of them in here, but that's the new one. So. <laughs> All right, we got yeah. you. We got your QRZ page up right here. Okay. I'm showing everybody. Oh, there's where you are. The you're up. Uh, you're up near Manchester. It's yeah. I'm about 50 miles east. Uh, 50, 60 miles west yeah. of Manchester, east of Manchester. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. There's the antennas. There you go. Uh huh. Robin, somebody in the chat room is asking, how much seven meters do you work? Seven meters. Yeah, I think you mean, it's got to be four. Um, four four meters, not that much. I don't have an antenna up permanently for four meters. I just have to um, put up a pole outside with a with a four meter antenna on when I want to want to play more four. But yeah, but yeah. Let me uh, let me make a uh, let's see. Let me do a uh, announcement here. Uh, yeah. If I can, someone said I need to put a area code number in front of that. Well, yeah. The country code is one, guys. The United States country code put a one in front of it. But look, we have phone numbers in 65 countries. Let me see if I can pull them up here. Hey, if you go to our website, if you go, go to our website, go to contact. There's a link up here that says contact. And it'll have a, over on the left side, it'll have phone numbers for you to call in. Click on international numbers. And uh, here's some international numbers here. Let's see. Let me see if I can bring them up and let you see what the international numbers look like. Uh, well, i got to get my stuff straightened out here. Hard for me to tell. Here we go. All right. So let me, let me do a little adjustment here. I'll show you our numbers. Uh, if you can read these. Okay. These are our phone numbers, local phone numbers. If you're in... Afghanistan, you can dial us at 9372-988-0502. Let's see what we got. There's Brazil, Chile, Costa Rica, Estonia. Hey, if you're in Estonia, just dial us there, man. Germany. Let's see. Let's see if we got a Russian number here. Uh, we're in the M's, N O P Q. Hmm. Romania, hey, I, we don't have a Russian number for some reason. I don't know what's going on here. Wow. We don't have a Anybody Russian number. Have a shot, kitty? <laughs> uh -huh. We don't have a Russian number. If you're in Saudi Arabia, you can call us. You, you know, hey, there's a local number in the United Kingdom right there. The 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 four four number. You could have called us on that number, uh, Robin. Yeah. That's so good. So it's it's a sort of um. Alexa power check. We go Alexa rotators on. 
and the rotator switch on and that sort of thing. Right. <laughs> and my Alexa heard that. <laughs> actually, actually, I actually am working on something like that. Oh, wait a minute. Hey, guys, guys, they told me we do have a Russian number. We do. We've got a okay. Russian. We've got a Russian number, and it's right there. It's uh, we're in Russia. It's called the Russian Federation. Plus seven, four nine nine three seven one oh seven two four. If you're in Russia, guys, watching tonight, give us a call. If you've got internet and it's not blocked, you might give us a call there. Speaking like about it, right? Russia, have we heard from Raisa anytime soon? I haven't. I haven't talked to her. Um, you know, saw her on air about three days ago. Yeah, yeah, she's on and she's still doing things. I, I just. I wanted to avoid all controversy, you know, and so maybe someday, someday things will get better. Yeah, I work at Ukrainian station on Thursday, so it's still around. Yeah. All right. Well, look, nobody is calling. I'll leave the phone number up. I'll leave it up. (laughs) Hey, don't buy one of these things. What is that? That pile parametric amplifier. A who? What is it? It's that that pile parametric amplifier. Oh, 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 yeah, I see it now. You don't like it? It's like, it's it's a magnet for RF. Oh, is it? Really? Mm. Really? Because I I I love mine. Yeah, I I had to put so many many capacitors and and filter filter, uh, inductor things inside it to cut down the RF. Huh. Now I use mine for field day and have not had any problems with it. Hmm. All right, maybe they've improved them because mine mine was really bad. <laughs> yeah, you ought to. You ought to. I love mine. You ought to send yeah. Bob uh, send Bob a note and tell him you don't you're picking up too yeah. much junk. I, I did, and I sent the details of what I had to do to make mine quiet. And it was like I did the um, the shotgun approach. It's like every input and every output. I put capacitors and, and inline chokes, and it and it cured it. But some of which line was actually bad. Mm. I just like hit it with a shotgun and went. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for every single input and output. But no, I've I've really enjoyed mine. So yeah, okay, just that's good. Different different shacks, different things. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I see on um. The sort of eham. A lot of people have, have similar issues to the things I had, so I've been helping people out and going. This is what I did to mine. Yeah, I mean, for me, in 15 meters, it doesn't matter what I put on the air on 15 meters. I'm going to have RF. Yeah. Okay. My, my worst band. My worst band is is 40. Um, I can't go above about 200 watts on 40 because the antenna's a bit too close to the shack. See, and that's the other thing. I only run a hundred watts. Oh yeah, I do. I do mainly, but I've got I've got one of those Acom 600s amplifiers, and I can run my UK legal limit, which is 400 watts. Yes, yeah, nice little amplifier. It's it's like no tune. It just you just power it up, use it, switch it back off again. Yeah, I like those new solid state amps. Yeah, yeah, it's good for that. It's um. I used to have a an Acon 1000, and by the time sometimes you'd warmed it up, you missed the DX. But you know, I have to say though, in spite of that, you know, 
seeing those old 3500Zs glowing, I mean, that was that was just the uh, height of it all. You had to, had to have those things glowing purple. I think I've probably had maybe 100 QSOs on the amplifier, so it's it's bang for buck. It's not it's not working out very well. <laughs> I've always run barefoot. Yeah, I do. It's more fun. The only time I ran an amp was when Tom and I ran that Last Man Standing station a couple of years oh, back. Yeah. And that was when they had so much RF noise. You had to have a lot of power. Yeah, so, well, we were on to work, to work the high power stations to get back to you because this, there was so much noise on the roof. Yeah, well, well Glenn, Glenn wanted to run. He wanted to run at full twenty five thousand watt, but I, I, I said, man, we shouldn't do that. So we no, held we it. We, we held small, it down. So. We held it down about ten thousand. Yeah, right, well, we should call. Yeah. If if would have used my call, I'd have gone for the full twenty five k. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half k. Not twenty five. Have you got have you got an LOV for twenty five k? Well, it won't quite go that high, but it it yeah. it, it is a commercial grade. You can lay a brick on a key and come back a month later. It'll run, you know. Fifteen hundred. I, I used to have an, um, what we call a notice of variation on on the call sign. That allowed me one and a half thousand watts in the UK. Yeah. But it was only for EME. It was from a fixed location. It was um they were very strict about what bands and things you could run on. It was basically just just for EME experimenting. Yeah. You guys got some weird uh, rules over there, man, when you compare yeah. them to us, you know what I mean? Uh, our maximum limit for most licensees at the full license is four hundred watts. Yeah. So 26 dbw it's our houses are closer together you know we, yeah we, yeah we've got we've got more sort of emc issues than you guys have well the rest of europe is close by too so you have to oh, yeah. consider to those guys yeah i mean i've i've got a mate w4pg bob Patton. he's he's just he's he's in south dakota and he's just bought himself one of those um well, those Japanese masts, you know, the 110 meter things. No. You seen them? Uh -uh. Um, look up W4PG slash zero on QRZ. Wait a minute, 110 meters, that's 330 something or 390 something feet. Look at it. Have, have a look at W4PG slash zero on QRZ.com and look at his new mast. Hmm. You got it yet? No, I don't type real fast. Okay. Have you not? Have you seen those Luso towers? Where the rotators at the bottom of the tower, it rotates the whole thing. I've heard yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've seen so. Yeah, my, my friend Bob's just got one of those. All right, what was that call sign again? Whiskey four Papa Golf slash zero, I think it is. Double check. Holy, that's nice. You got it. Yeah. That's that monster tower that you see at Dayton with those. Yeah, yeah. Girls, demoing. Yeah, it. yeah. So, so my ha my hand buddy from Florida just got one of those. 
Holy cow. You could launch a Saturn V next to one of those things. <laughs> Is that cool or what? It looks like a gantry for from NASA. It really does. <clears throat> Can you see what he's going to put on it? It's like, oh my god, Bob. <laughs> Good grief. He's already got a 100-foot tower in Florida with a um, Green Beam 32 Step IR thing on top of it. And then this is his new shack. Good heavens. Is, it, is that impressive? I wonder if I could get him to adopt me. <laughs> All right, let me. Uh, hey, hey, guys, we've got about uh, we've got about five minutes until end time here. Let me make an announcement. Okay. Let me make an announcement here to everybody out there. Uh, this program is Amateur Radio Roundtable, and it's a show about ham radio, uh, shortwave, and electronics, and uh, we're glad to have you tonight. If you're out there listening on shortwave on 7490 WBCQ, we'd really love to hear from you. Uh, please send us an email to tom at w5kub.com, tom at w5kub.com. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, hey, tune in next next uh, week, uh, same time, same place uh, uh, for the show again. It's a weekly show, and uh, we'd love to have you uh, join our video show on Tuesday nights on W5KUB.com at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. That's actually 0200 UTC on Wednesdays. So uh, looking forward to seeing you. Okay. All right. Well, good night. Thanks for having me. All right. Good night, and thanks for calling in. Yeah. Yeah. Seventy-three, folks. All right. Three. Hey. Okay. Well, nobody called in on the phone lines. You know. So. Yeah, you hardly ever get anybody to call in on that. Yeah. Thing. No, I don't know why. Oh. I guess. You know. I don't know. Hard to say why. Well, I'll be thinking about y'all this weekend in the cold and the in the rain in um, Dalton, Georgia, at their ham fest. Oh, is it going to be oh, raining? Oh man, it's the Dalton Ham Fest this weekend. It is. Oh, it's always cold and it's always wet. It's always I, good. I yeah. did an Arduino forum there. What about four or five years ago? I think. Did you? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that's oh. where I passed my extra. I did tech in general here in Chattanooga and did extra down there six months later. Yeah, one of our club members, Jack Thompson, moved over there, and he's with the club over there in Dalton. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, well, we share repeater space with them because they, they use put repeaters up on Signal Mountain here in South oh, Chattanooga. Cool. We, we hear their activity quite a bit. Very, yeah, that's the neat thing about being on mountaintops is you can hear that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, from where I am, I'm north of uh, Chattanooga, out in the suburbs, Sidey Daisy, on the Tennessee yeah. River. And with a copper J-pole, uh, I can hear all the way to Knoxville. I can't I can't break the repeaters up there, the code, the quiet code. You can hit the Chattanooga repeaters from, uh, from my QTH here south of Huntsville. I'm, above, I'm on a mountain, and I can, it's line of sight over there Yeah. The Chattanooga. Oh, I loved Birmingham. You know, we had line of sight almost everywhere. Mm. I mean, we put a digipeter up in Mount Cheehaw in Aniston, and 
went straight into Atlanta from there. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, we were one of the first people to put a digipeter up there, made the link between Birmingham and Atlanta. I'm uh, 500 feet above terrain uh, on the edge of a cliff, and I'm, and off towards uh, Chattanooga is a good uh, good path for me. And in fact, Memphis is good for me too. I can work sideband two meters into Memphis without I've, any trouble. I've got to get my station completely finished up and I'm going to start working some two meter sideband. I can work you. They, they had a two meter sideband net that they would hold every, uh, every week. And, uh, there'd always be check-ins from, uh, uh, from Memphis that I could work. Yeah. I keep planning on getting stuff done, but I guess I'm going to have to retire before I can play with my stuff. What do you use? But my tower is only 10, my tower is only 10 foot tall because I'm on the edge of that 500 foot cliff, so it's like it's 510 foot tower. So yeah, you got it made. <laughs> it works out pretty well for DHF and UHF. Yeah, I guess. I'm down by the river or the lake, so I'm. At least I have damp soil. Unfortunately, it's not salty, but at least it's. Exactly. Damp. Yeah. So, what were you going to ask there, Earl? Uh, what kind of radio are you using for that, for sideband, two meter sideband? I'm going to be using a 9700. That's what I thought you might say. Well, I, I sold my uh, Yaesu 847 so I could buy the 9700. Yeah. You got it unboxed finally? Finally got it. Everything's actually, everything is unboxed and in place. Mm. Okay. I just need to clean up the wires underneath. Yeah, that's always a problem. Yeah. Well, that's that's next. <laughs> but I'm, I'm getting there slowly but surely. And the paper and the then the page is from your new book uh, out of the way too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Gentlemen, I think I'm going to bail out. I've been yeah. today in the yard burning leaves and grass and cutting pampas grass today. So I'm about Oh, fun. Yeah, well, we had nice I'm, I'm going to turn it off too. Uh, hey, good night, everybody out there. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Come back and see us. Next week, same time, same place. All right, let's see.